AVS Media Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, read you five. Good afternoon, read you five as well, Papa Echo November. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And if you'd like to send an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, I'm very proud to have my next guest with us. Her name is Kathleen Martin. We've had the pleasure of having Kathleen on the show before. We're going to be talking about extraterrestrials, UFOs, and alien abductions this hour. Kathleen is a very well-known UFO abduction researcher, author, and lecturer with 23 years experience in the field. She is MUFON's Director of Abduction Research and Florida MUFON's Director of Abduction Studies. For 10 years, Kathy volunteered as MUFON's Director of Field Investigator Training. In 2012, uh, she was presented with MUFON's Ufologist of the Year Award. She earned a BA degree in social work with honors from the University of New Hampshire in 1971 and participated in graduate studies in education while working as a teacher and education services coordinator. Now, she is also a certified hypnotherapist. Her interest in UFOs date back to... Wow, September 20th, 1961, when her aunt, Betty Hill, phoned her nearby home to report that she and Barney had encountered a flying saucer in New Hampshire's White Mountains. A primary witness to the evidence of the UFO encounter and the aftermath, Kathleen was 
Well, she was given intimate knowledge of the Hill's biographical histories, personalities, and the previously unpublished historical files pertaining to their sensational story. She is the author of three books, ExoNation, captured the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience, Science Was Wrong with Nuclear Physicist and a good friend of the Exxon, Stanton Friedman, and the Alien Abduction Files with Denise Stoner. Her chapter, UFO Abductions, Fact or Fiction, appears in UFOs and Aliens. Is there anyone out there? Her articles have been published in MUFON UFO Journal, Open Minds Magazine, and on several websites. Kathy has appeared in television and radio programs in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, and has lectured throughout the United States. Her website, Exxon Nation, www.kathleen-marden.com. That's www.kathleen, that's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N hyphen M-A-R-D-E-N dot com. When I come back from this two-minute commercial break, I will be joined by Kathleen Marden here in the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Don't forget, X-Zone Nation, the music soundtracks that we use for our bumpers coming in and out of segments is on our new CD that's available at Amazon.com. The CD is entitled The Music of the X-Zone. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue our investigation into the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Kathleen Martin is my special guest of this hour. We're talking about extraterrestrials, UFOs, and alien abductions. Don't go away. Back everyone, Kathleen Marden is my special guest this hour. www.kathleen-marden.com and Kathleen, welcome back to the X Zone. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's great to be back. Tell me, uh, uh, Kathleen, over the years, have you seen a difference in the way that 
the UFO phenomenon is being reported to organizations such as MUFON? And are there still as many alien abductions that are being reported as well? Well, I believe that there might have mm-hmm. been an increase really, in alien abductions recently. And that's different than what I've been saying for the past year. I thought that they were falling off. We had received far fewer reports of alien abduction. But within the past month to month and a half, we have received numerous reports, and some with good physical evidence to to go along with them. Uh, So uh, this is a pretty exciting time for people who are investigating UFO abductions. It's almost as if uh, the the ETs went away on vacation or back to their planet and and changed crews, and now they're back again. Uh, Kathleen, are there specific areas where there is more alien abduction activity than uh, than other parts? Uh, For example, is is the United States leading in alien abductions, or is it some other country? Well, certainly the United States uh, has a lot of reports of alien abductions, and the information that I'm privy to is primarily coming from the United States. We've had uh, fewer reports from Canada, and of course uh, there have been many publicized reports from Brazil, from Africa, uh, reports from Australia and New Zealand as well. It would seem that the countries, uh, you know, besides the, the United States, Canada, Great Britain, are, are, are getting much more ET attention than ever before. Or is it just the fact that we're just hearing about it more often now because of the openness of the communication lines? I don't know what to attribute it to, mm. but there seems to be a great deal of interest building in uh, the UFO and UFO abduction topic. And uh, people are very curious about this, and it seems that more and more people are curious. The media has uh, focused far more attention upon this recently as well. You mentioned that there is uh, physical evidence that is coming along with the reports that you're receiving at MUFON and other organizations. What kind of physical evidence is being reported to you? Well, in uh, in one case, an experiencer uh, was returned hemorrhaging. My goodness. And uh, actually went to the hospital. So uh, that is one piece of evidence. Uh, In another case, uh, a person went to bed in uh, perfectly fine shape Mm -hmm. and woke up in the morning with, uh, well, it actually during the night, with uh, a back injury and an injury to the, the back of the head. Unbelievable. Uh, it's it's that sort of thing. Uh, another person has reported that they um, felt that they were dreaming, mm-hmm. and uh, in that dream experience, they uh, felt that they uh, wanted to take a piece of evidence as they were being returned to the house and woke up holding a leaf. 
Wow, that is strange. from the tree that they attempted to to acquire the evidence from. Mm, so uh, it's it's that sort of thing. I mean, it's it's sort of circumstantial. Yes, uh, because there's no direct link there, but uh, it seems to be somehow associated. Is there a common thread that between? the people who have reported alien abductions to you and MUFON? Uh, can you... Oh, sure. Uh, is, is, there any, is there any similarity between their psychological profiles or their physiology, genealogy, age? Okay. Uh, so uh, you, you might be asking the kinds of questions that I asked on the commonality study mm-hmm. that Denise Stoner and I just completed after uh, a year's time. It was an independent study, actually, that we did, although uh-huh. uh, I'm MUFON's director of the abduction research team and uh, Florida MUFON's director of abduction studies, and Denise is the assistant director in Florida. And uh, we did find 23 commonalities among abduction experiencers. Uh, it was uh, a 50-question right. questionnaire mm-hmm. project, um, 45 questions, I should say, and um, it was divided into a number of different areas of, of questioning. Uh, we developed uh, a questionnaire for the experiencer group, and we were able to get 50 respondents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also developed a, uh, a control group questionnaire for non-abduction experiencers with 17 or 16 questions. And we were uh, very pleased to be able to identify these 23 commonalities. Could you share some of them with us or, or you know, Yes, certainly. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, well, let me go through. The, the first category was demographics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what we discovered was that uh, the, the greatest percentage of people who participated in this study were in the 50 to 60 age group. That's the, they said huh. that their most recent abduction occurred during that time frame. Right. 44% of those who participated were in that age group. Uh, so this was pretty significant. Was, we were yeah. wondering, actually, if uh, abductions had started occurring maybe in the late 60s, the early 70s, mm-hmm. and if these individuals uh, were continuing to be abducted into uh, their 50s and 60s, and that maybe ETs were not focusing so much on a younger group, but following this particular age group throughout their lifetime. And we received some some evidence that that might be the case, with 44% uh, answering in the affirmative in that age group and stating that they uh, had recently been abducted. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, it was. Uh, Also, we wanted to know how many times uh, an experiencer thought that they had been taken. Uh, And we were surprised to find that 51% of the respondents said 
that they had been taken more than 10 times. Unbelievable. Um, during yeah. dur- during your research was it was the the description of the abductor the same or did the description of the dis- of the abductor the craft the method of abduction did it vary? Well, that is on another part of the questionnaire, and I haven't finished that one yet. Okay, I'm waiting to have fifty responses to that. That is on uh, the ET technology questionnaire, and it is posted on my website. So if anyone listening tonight uh, is an abduction experiencer, and if you do have clear memories of your experience on board the craft, I would certainly appreciate it if you would go to my website and anonymously fill out that form. Uh, It would really help my research, and I would greatly appreciate that. What I can say to you is that so far, uh, the greatest percentage of experiencers uh, have stated that they have encountered gray types, your, your typical taller grays right. and, and the shorter grays. How many cases of alien abductions did you investigate last year with MUFON? I don't know how many MUFON investigated, and I don't keep count of the number of cases that right. I investigate uh, because I make a lot of phone calls, mm-hmm. too, that end up not being investigations. I do preliminary investigations, and I do independent investigations aside from MUFON. So I'm sorry I don't have an exact figure. How long does the average alien abduction investigation take you to complete? My investigations uh, that I do independently Mm -hmm. can take years to complete. Um, Because I start out with a preliminary interview, Mm -hmm. and I look for evidence. I ask individuals who believe that they have been abducted always to keep a diary. Because we know that if it happens once, it's probably going to happen again. And also, when they do recall that an experience has occurred, that they would check their bodies, mm-hmm. uh, look for black and blue marks, look for puncture wounds. If they find these things, I ask people to photograph them, to send them to me, and also to keep them in their diaries to record exactly where they are on the body, to mention, uh, to, to measure them, and to keep very good documentation of this. Also, to look for physical evidence in the house. And if a person has a black light, I ask them to take the black light and to look at their bodies to, uh, for fluorescence. So those are some of the things that I ask for. And I tend to follow a case uh, for years. All right, Kathleen, I hate to do this, sweetie, but you and I have to take our commercial break at the bottom of the hour. Fascinating topic with a fascinating lady, Exxon Nation. Kathleen Martin is my special guest this hour, Kathleen-Martin.com. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the alien abduction files. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My guest this hour is Kathleen Marden. Her website is www.kathleen-marden.com. And uh, Kathleen, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And and I kind of did a little dirty trick with our audience. I was, I actually did a bit of a teaser for the Alien Abduction Files, which we're going to be talking about at a later date. The book actually comes out, I believe, in May. Yes, that's correct. May 20th. And May 20th. So we'll have you back on after May the 20th so that we can discuss this book with you. Uh, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be very fascinating. It is fascinating. It was uh, fascinating to do the investigations yeah. and the research on the number of cases that we discuss in the book. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on tonight. Uh, well, let me take you back a little bit in time to the time that your Aunt Betty Hill and Barney uh, had their alien abduction. Can you tell us uh, about it from the standpoint of the family member that was very close to them? I absolutely can, yes. I was 13 years old when mm-hmm. they were abducted, and Betty and Barney were highly respected members of the community. They were honest people, churchgoers. Um, And Betty was a social worker. Barney worked for the post office, but they were also very uh, committed to social programs, uh, set up the Rockingham County Community Action Program. Uh, Barney uh, was very active in civil rights, as was uh, Betty. And Uh, the last thing on their minds was UFOs. And they went on a short vacation. They went up to Niagara Falls and to Montreal Mm -hmm. and uh, returned home. Betty called my mother uh, the day that they returned home and uh, told her that she and my uncle had had a close encounter with a flying saucer the night before. And uh, this was really fascinating to us, but Betty was also very concerned that it had been so close to them that she was afraid that they had been exposed to radiation and uh, worried about the health effects that it could have on them. Uh, and, And Barney really was distressed, really, it yeah. seemed, by all of this. He wanted just to forget about it. He thought that no good could come of it. 
And when Betty would come and talk to us about it, he would often go across the street to my grandparents' house or walk around the mm. farm instead of uh, being there to, to discuss it. It was something he didn't really want to think about. Uh, and I think it was because he actually observed the non-humans on the craft and felt very, very threatened as this craft hovered only about 100 feet away from him. You know, here we are several years later. You are one of the world's leading researchers when it comes to alien abductions. How different would you have conducted the investigation into the abduction of your aunt and uncle? And do you think that your investigation would have would have revealed anything different? Well, first of all, I want to state that I don't want to criticize the original investigator. Well, uh, uh, yeah, we that's have understood. to remember yes. that this was the first case mm-hmm. of alien abduction Definitely. investigated. Definitely. And Walter Webb, who was the investigator, is a terrific investigator. And he has told me that he would do it so much differently yeah. if he had known than what he knows today. But, uh, you know, the first thing that we would do is get there as soon as possible and look for the physical evidence. Uh, Betty's dress uh, was one item of physical evidence. If we had had that immediately mm-hmm. and sent that to a scientific laboratory, maybe we would have gotten uh, more information than we have gotten. We know that there was a two-inch tear at the top of the zipper, that the the stitching was torn, the thick zipper fabric was torn, the waist was the lining was torn from waist to hemline, and the hem was torn down on one side. But we had that pink powder too that blew away when Betty hung the dress on the line. If we had known about that dress immediately, we could have preserved that pink powder. Um, we could have kept Barney's shoes for analysis before he wore them over and over again for yard work. We could have tested the the trunk of the car, the car for those shiny magnetized spots on the trunk. Um, so And also um, watched Betty and Barney throughout very closely, stayed in constant contact with them, have driven to the scene very early on, to have measured the distances. And we have the computer now, so we have MapQuest. It makes it so much easier to do an investigation today than it was then, to find out exactly what the weather was, what the prevailing winds were. Um, There's so much information that I was able to, to get for my investigation of the Hill case that wasn't available readily Back in 1961. Back in 61, uh, did were there any marks on either Betty or Barney that that would have uh, shown that they were actually probed, or was there any other evidence of a physical exam on either one of them? Betty didn't remember marks on her body, uh, but she didn't look for them mm-hmm. either. Now Barney uh, had very sore shoulders he said. Uh, So it it was just the muscle soreness on his body. Uh, When the 
when the idea of, of alien abduction was actually brought up to them or by them, uh, were, was there any physical or any medical testing done? Uh, for example, was there any blood work done, urine uh, blood work, uh, any blood work uh, done? The, was there oh. anything done in a, in a lab, a medical lab? No. no it, eh? it took a month for Walter Webb to get up to Portsmouth. He wasn't anticipating an abduction. Mm-hmm. He, he thought that it was just a, a UFO sighting. Yeah. And so he didn't rush up. And, uh, you know, if uh, today yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody knows about abduction, Betty and Barney, if it had happened today, uh, would have been able to report it immediately. And uh, all of those tests could have been done. Psychological tests could have been done right away. Lie detector tests on both of them could have been done right away. Hindsight uh, is twenty twenty, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. certainly is. <laughs> and, you know, you have to look at sure. it with that perspective that uh, this was the very beginning. That's right. That's right. Tell me, uh, during the end, the hypnosis that was done, was there anything that just blew the the hypnotist away? And when Betty and Barney were privileged to the information that was discovered under hypnosis, how did they react? Well, the the hypnotist, I think, was blown away mm-hmm. by what he was hearing and the fact that Betty and Barney were describing exactly the same things. Huh. Uh, yet, they were being hypnotized separately. Right. Uh, they had amnesia for what uh, had occurred to them, and he reinstated amnesia at the end of each session. So there was no way that they could share that information with each other. They simply didn't remember what they said. And uh, I could hear his voice on the hypnosis tapes as I was listening to them, and I've I've probably listened to them to at least 20 times now. Uh, but he, he would just say, it can't be, <laughs> to himself, you know, <laughs> under sort of under his breath or, or uh, in a very quiet sort of voice that, he just couldn't understand how this event that, in his mind, was impossible mm-hmm. could be happening to these two people, and they were describing the same thing. Tell me, Kathleen, in subsequent investigations into uh, what we all know as the Hill case, was there any investigation into radar tracking uh, in that area, or were there any other reports of UFOs? Were there any other witnesses that could collaborate what your aunt and uncle reported seeing. Okay. Well, initially, right away, Betty and Barney called uh, Pease Air Force Base mm-hmm. and and spoke to an officer at Pease Air Force Base and filed a formal report. Um, the interesting thing was that uh, there was something on the radar target that night. Uh, now, when I did my research, mm-hmm. I looked into other radar uh, facilities in the area to find out if anyone else had anything. And I found that the North Concord, Vermont uh, radar station had a a very large, uh, erratically moving object on its radar screen that night, and that object was moving against 
the prevailing wind. Uh, and I found that was very interesting. It was an interesting coincidence that that was, uh, that was picked up in Vermont. The other one was picked up in Newington, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, in terms of uh, other it, witnesses, no one came forward that I'm aware of to report that they observed the UFO that night. Uh, but when I was visiting Betty, and this was about the year 2000, I would say, she was on the telephone with a man who said that he was a truck driver and that he had observed the UFO that very night that they observed it. Uh, but he didn't want his identity known. In fact, I gave her a piece of paper and a pen, and I, I was encouraging her, please get the information. Here I am, a UFO investigator. I wanted to get in touch with him and take his report. But he wanted to remain anonymous. He did not want a formal report taken. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get that. I do have newspaper articles uh, from that area of New Hampshire in Mm -hmm. that same time frame where other people had UFOs come down and hover over their cars. And in my continuing investigation, I have uh, also received two landing reports of UFOs in that same general vicinity in Mm -hmm. that, in a uh, very close time frame. What does it feel like knowing that you and your aunt and uncle forever will be part of UFO history? Well, I think that it's extremely important uh, to UFO history because someday the truth is going to be told. What do you think the truth is? That we are being visited by uh, probably several Mm-hmm. extraterrestrial civilizations. I think that they are studying life on Earth and, you... uh, and collecting samples of life on Earth and abducting human beings. And, uh, you know, there's a widespread denial mm-hmm. of this, but I have seen enough evidence in mm-hmm. order to feel convinced that this is actually occurring. And I think that someday, uh, people like Betty and Barney, who have been so criticized uh, and who have uh, been the uh, individuals who have uh, had terrible things said about them, uh, who have been lied about, uh, who have been demonized, I think that it will be wonderful for me if they are vindicated, and for my family as well. Let me ask you this question. We've got to, we're going to be going to a commercial break very shortly, but with all the experience you have, all the investigative work you've done, all the witnesses that you've spoken to over the years, in, including the, the great work that you've done subsequent to your aunt and uncle's abduction, do you believe, or should, uh, let me rephrase that, do you feel that the the extraterrestrials that are visiting us pose a threat to mankind? I personally don't believe 
that they pose a threat to mankind. Many, many individuals that I speak with mm-hmm. believe that they do. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's a matter of personal opinion. Well, I, my, my I, opinion. I trust your opinion because you're at the very forefront of the investigation into this phenomena. And, and I just hope that one day there will be the physical evidence that so many are hoping for. And uh, to hear you say that your aunt and uncle were basically victimized or ridiculed, I think that is so wrong. I agree. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my very special guest this hour, Kathleen Marden. Her website is www.kathleen-marden.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. Nation, my very special guest this hour is Kathleen Martin. Her website is www.kathleen-martin.com. First of all, Kathleen, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. And I believe your dad is at your home and that he's celebrating his birthday in the next couple of days. So from everyone here at the Exxon Radio and TV show to your dad, a very happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I know he'll appreciate that. He's turning 90. God bless him. Uh, let's get back to the uh, the the study that you did. We've got about uh, three minutes left. Was there anything that, that just blew your mind when it came to the alien abduction scenario? Um, there was in the statistical evidence that I have here. You normally think of uh, nowadays people are taken and they're alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the questions we asked, was anyone with you when you were taken or visited? 76% said yes. Wow. And 67, uh, 62% said that they recalled the experience. Hmm. We wanted to know, you know, you think that most people are recalling this through hypnosis, but yeah. that is not what we found. 88% had conscious recall for their abduction experience, at least part of it. 56% uh, through dreams in addition to uh, some conscious recall. And it was only 38% through hypnosis. So that was surprising as well. And actually, 67% uh, observed a craft at less than 1,000 feet immediately prior to their abduction. Uh, They were outside when this happened. So this was very surprising to us because we were expecting... Uh, to to find far more people being taken from their bedrooms. But what we found is that it, originally they were probably taken from an external environment and then uh, visited over and over again and uh, taken from inside their homes uh, later on. 
psi phenomena was also very interesting. 88% of those uh, who participated stated that they had observed psi phenomena in their homes. And uh, so that was that sort of blew us away and uh, is something that many researchers don't want to even consider. Why not? Uh, particularly nuts and bolts people. Why, why not? Uh, because it's something that cannot be adequately uh, explained through Western scientific materialism. Huh. Uh, it, it doesn't fit into our scientific paradigm uh, in order to study that sort of thing. So it, it makes it even uh, more amorphous in a sense uh, when you want to really get your hands on some good physical evidence and then you're finding out that there are balls of light in people's homes that pop into alien beings, for example. Uh, it's a lot more difficult to uh, explain. And Pat- things through the air. Kathleen, sort of as always when you're with us, time goes by so fast. We'll have to have you back on in the near future. Congratulations to you and Denise Stoner for a fantastic job. I look forward to your new book and once again, thank you very much for joining us and please, a happy birthday to your dad. Okay, thank you. Take care, Kathleen. ExoNation, uh, The leading authority on alien abduction research, Kathleen Martin, has been my guest this hour. For more information, please visit her website at www.kathleen-martin.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. (music) 